On this episode of the Solopreneur Podcast, we're going to talk about how to eliminate approach anxiety, that fear you get when you're knocking doors, following up, asking closing questions, presenting, fear of rejection. We're going to show you how to garbage it all, get rid of it, and move on to create the sales and income of your dreams. Let's get going. Look, in the solar business, there's really only two types of people. There's the ones that crush it, make six, seven, and eight figures, and then there's everyone else. The question is, which one will you be? Over the last four years, we've studied the sharpest solar sales and marketing pros, how they build multi-million dollar incomes using only the best solar sales and marketing strategies. So how do these solarpreneurs do what they do and what makes them so successful? This podcast is your answer. Join us and thousands of sales pros, marketers, and entrepreneurs as we take the solar industry by storm and uncover what it takes to sell more solar with less effort. Welcome to the Solarpreneur Podcast. What's up, solarpreneurs? Welcome to the number one solar sales and marketing podcast where we show you all the tactical strategies, mindsets, habits, and everything you need to do to create a multiple six, seven, and eight-figure income in this industry. If you're a solar professional who is selling, if you're marketing for a company, if you're running your own business, you found the right place. Let's get going. As always, I've got my man here, Joseph Wen. What's, What's up, up, everyone? Yeah, dude. So, man, I'm I'm pretty pumped about what we're talking about today. This is some stuff that Joseph and I have been working on personally in our own lives and as well as some of our clients. And we've got some brown, groundbreaking strategies here to really just lay yes. down on you guys to really change the way that you sell. All right, guys. So we're going to talk about how to eliminate approach anxiety and the fear of rejection forever. Right, and so the first thing we're going to talk about and dive into is that ego is the enemy, right? So, what is approach anxiety and fear of rejection exactly? Like, the reason why we have that is because we're always we're thinking about how we're going to look and the reaction that we're going to have when they judge us, right? And that only comes from ego. Like, you want. Because of this thing, right, approach anxiety, what happens is that you want to protect your ego at all costs. You don't want to seem like you have lower status. You don't want to seem dumb or look silly in front of people. And because of that, we're always anxious to approach people. We're afraid to knock the door. We're afraid of getting rejected. But if you don't think about or if you don't have ego, right, those you don't think about those consequences or you're not afraid of that thing or being rejected anymore. It just is. Like whatever happens, happens. And so as soon as you don't care about yourself, as, you, as soon as you let go of your ego and not worry about what other th- people are going to think of you, you eliminate that approach anxiety and fear of rejection. So how do right? we do that? That sounds pretty crazy, Joseph. Right? How, how it's do we pretty crazy. that ego? I'm like one of the most egotistical guys like in history, man. <laughs> 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 right? There's a lot of things you can do, man. Um, and it pretty much like the easiest way to do it, right? It's not necessarily easy, but it is simple, right? It's literally just practice, right? It's just doing uncomfortable things in the first place. So one of the examples that we like to give in the training, right, is, for example, just like going into Starbucks and just laying down for like 15 to 20 seconds just <laughs> in the middle of the floor, straight up. <laughs> and I know James has done this a couple times. And for me, I've just like sat down in the middle of the walkway in, in, in an extremely busy mall or even laid down. Mm. 
or I'll just like make some animal noises. Like it's it's weird, man. It's so weird. What, what, <laughs> yeah, so much like socially, like there's so many unwritten quote unquote rules, right? That society follows. But when it comes down to it, there's no reason that we do things. It's just been done over no and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. The rules are all made up in the first place. So <laughs> you can break them because they weren't they were just made up by someone in the first place. So the way that you can do that is just by doing really uncomfortable, awkward, weird things. Mm. And the reason why you won't do those things is because of your ego, right? And a lot of times, like, the ego is so sneaky. Like, we think that we don't have an ego because we're always like, oh, I always care about other people. Or, like, we always say, like, oh, I really don't care about what people think about me. But honestly, if you dig down deep inside, if you're afraid to knock on a door, if you're afraid to go approach someone and ask for their number, if you're afraid to just ask someone for anything, right, or just to do something silly in public, then you have ego, and that's something that you have to address. Otherwise, you're going to continue to feel anxious and always fear of, and always fear rejection. And it isn't until you address that that you can overcome it. So that's the first step, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And then like meditation is another huge, huge thing that you can do. Just like visualizing yourself doing those awkward things, right? The, if you can't do it yet, what you can do is visualize yourself doing it so many times over that you feel like you've already done it, and feel the feelings that what you would feel like as you're doing the actions. Right, as what it would feel like if you were doing it, and as soon as you do that and visualize it multiple times over and over, it's muscle memory, and you go out in public and do it, then it's not as bad as you think it is. So, oh, yeah. also another thing is like visualizing the worst case scenario, right, James? Like, what's the worst that can happen by doing this action that you're afraid of? This is old like Stoic philosophy on this yeah. is accepting the worst case scenario as if it's already happened. That way. You're, you're ready. You're prepared mentally, physically. You're prepared for the worst thing. And often you're going to be surprised the other way, right? So just ask yourself, like, what's the worst that could happen, right? And then more importantly, what have other people done to overcome that thing in the past, mm. in history? And think of actual examples on how people actually overcame and maybe even turned that negative into a positive. So let's give you an actual example here with knocking doors. What if you knocked on the door and you said something totally stupid and you sounded like a complete <laughs> idiot and the prospect's about to say no, right? Or they laugh at you. How can you turn that into your favor? Well, we know if they're gonna laugh at you, right? Certain hormones are gonna come through Boom. They're going to feel a certain way. They're going to feel a connection and bond with you because you made a mistake. You showed you were human. You can actually flip that to your advantage, get their attention, and close that freaking deal, right? Anything's possible with this. Ooh, 100%. It's so easy to flip anything. Yeah. It's a simple perspective shift. That's it. Like, especially in like customer service, like, if a company does something wrong, it's like another opportunity to do something right and then create a raving fan out of that thing. So, like, it's always so good, like, at a restaurant, right? For example, if they messed up your food, but they brought out, or they, like, a way that they can, like, reprimand that situation or remedy it and make it better is, like, by giving you a meal for free. And then you're like, oh, now I love this place, right? But they made a mistake. They took responsibility for it, and now you love the place. When you could have, when they could have easily just said, like, oh, you ordered that thing. It's not our fault. Like, it's like that every single time. But now you can turn that situation or any situation into something that, um, that you can prosper from. Honestly, um, mm. that's like the greatest thing that you could do. It's just a simple mindset shift, really. Yeah, yeah. no, that's really all it is. Ego is a mindset, okay? <laughs> it's a certain lens. The definition of ego is how you view yourself, okay? It's mm. the third person view that you have of yourself. We often live in our egos, our identities more specifically, 
we define ourselves as, oh, I'm not that kind of guy. I wouldn't do this, right? That's your ego saying, this is who I am. This is how I behave at this point. So you got to be aware of these things. When it comes down to sales or anything like this, this is just life advice right here. But we know that our personal problems just become relevant in sales and in business. So if we can't figure out ourselves, we can't control our ego. It's going to affect every area of sales. And you guys have noticed that with approach anxiety, just being one of those things that ego is going to just destroy. Oh yeah. Business is just a mirror, right? Like we're all entrepreneurs here, right? And what business is, is it's a reflection of your personal life. So if you got stuff going on in your personal life that you haven't resolved yet, it's going to reflect in your business. And that's happened with like James and I multiple times over. And it isn't until that we fixed, we tried to fix the business problem, right? And we just kept band-aiding it and band-aiding it and, and just putting like uh, just duct tape on it. And it just kept breaking and breaking and breaking. Problem, yeah. yeah. And it isn't until that we actually solved our personal problems. That's when our business problems became solved as well. Like that's so key. And like, like people think that, oh, like my professional life and my personal life are separate. No, it's not no. true. It's your life. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just your life. Like you're not split into two different people, right? Um, um, so it's like it's all encompassing. It's all interconnected. And another thing to think about in this case, right, is um, I think this is Tim Ferriss. Um, I know you talked about this, James, too. But it's like what happens if you don't do this action that you're afraid of doing? Cost of inaction. Oh, geez, yeah, dude. the cost of that, right? Like, for example, if you don't knock on these doors, what's going to happen in a week? Maybe not much, right? But what about in a month? What about in a year? What happens if you don't knock doors for a year? Oh, shit, yeah. What happens if you don't talk to prospects for two years, three you years, five up, years? Guys. Think about that. Yeah. That's a huge one I had. I used to have a big fear of following up. Seems stupid, right? Like I would go out there and get tons of leads, no problem. I would have my anxiety and rejection. I'd have that on control right but when it came to following up with people that i <laughs> got in touch with man for some reason i had a crippling fear over it but you know if you don't follow up for a week a month two years you could literally lose that deal to a competitor and if you listen to the last episode right and you come across the guy who listened to that boom you're toast. <laughs> gone oh my god isn't uh i think we helped one of the companies before um, in California, right? Um, our, our friend Taylor, oh, like yeah, we helped him with Taylor, the leads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we like contacted or helped him contact like um, thousands of leads that he had in his database, just sitting there, right, for years, and he just never followed up, right? The company never followed up with them. And so what James and I did, like, we followed up with those people. We put them through email sequence. We texted them. We left uh, voicemail drops um, and called multiple times. And what happened, bro? Like. <laughs> It was crazy. Guys, it sounds unbelievable. There was over 80 people on that list who went solar with someone other than Taylor and his company. This list, of course, was a couple years old, but 80 lost deals. Holy crap. So crazy. They would have gone with him and the company if, if they just yeah. followed up. But that's it's like proof. Like I remember when you first uh, sent out the email. Right. You, within like hours, you got like four or five messages saying, oh, yeah, thanks, James. We literally just went solar last month. And we were like, oh, my God. Dude, so <laughs> cringeworthy. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was terrible. Although we did like close a couple of deals from that list, um, but it's still like 80 deals is just. Just it's brutal. Guys, lost. Just because, like action. that right there. Yeah. yeah. 
that is a perfect example of the cost of inaction. So if you ever think about, like, or if you're ever scared about doing something, just think about the cost of not doing it, right? And that should move you in the right direction immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, the other piece to this here is you have to numb yourself to rejection. We talked about a couple of things, but you've got to basically work down, grind down that rejection feeling that you have. That is really something that's, again, made up in your mind. Yes, we're hardwired to fear rejection to a degree, but there's really only a couple of fears, right? I actually did a study, a couple of searches on this the other day. There's only two fears that humans are naturally born with, okay? One is the fear of being killed, okay? That's one fear. Two is the fear of falling from a height. That's it. Those are the only two fears that humans are naturally born with and hardwired with. All the other fears we have are just taught to us. They're learned traits. We know Mm. this. You can learn something. You can unlearn something. One of the primary ways I like to do this is just numbing that rejection feeling. So going doing things that are going to automatically put you in the light of rejection. So. One of them, right? You can stand at the Starbucks, right? And lay down, right? That's one thing. People will look at you kind of like a weirdo. Another one is go ask a stranger for $100. Go ask 20 people for $100. Absolutely yep. terrifying. Just yeah, insane. just make a joke out of it. Honestly, like, like just like go up in, in restaurants and just like ask people, yo, can I get a bite of that? <laughs> it's just like, you know just do say no, yeah. but. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes people say, yeah. <laughs> dude, Sometimes, yeah, geez, dude. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> That's the pay, best part. Pay attention to that feeling, though, that feeling of rejection. What you're going to notice as you continually repeat to do this, and you got to do it a lot, okay? It's going to be horrible the first 10, 15, 20 times. Do it a ton. Do it for 30 days. Do a 30-day challenge on this. There's a yeah, TED Talk Joseph and I actually both have watched. Uh, Ooh, 100 days, right? Yeah, 100 days of rejection, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, dude, that guy. The guy just puts himself through the ringer just doing all this wacko stuff where he's going to get rejected. And at the end of it, he shares his findings. And it's just absolutely incredible. It's a total change of his uh, his persona. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the fear – I actually didn't know that we were born with those two fears. Um, yeah. But since we are, right, and then all of the other fears that we have are learned, like – the way that you can prove that is, guys, like, imagine if your memory was wiped. What would you actually be afraid of? We always, like, the, the reason why we have fear is that, uh, like, fear is a projection of the past into the future. That's exactly what it is. But you don't know if that future is going to come or not. But we just assume, based on our past, that the, whatever happened is going to happen again, right? And so if you wipe your memory, right, quote-unquote, wipe your memory, and you don't have any recollection of your past, most of your fears, if not all, will be eradicated. It's gone. Because you don't have any memory to base your experiences off of to project it into the future. So one way is just to like pretend that your memory is just wiped, and you don't know what's going to happen next. And so that's why you do the action, because you don't know the consequences. I got to actually correct what I was saying. I said fear of being killed and following, falling. I was just Googling oh, it. Yeah. It's Falling and loud noises. These are the only two falling things that humans have uh-huh. that's actually coded in our DNA. But that's it. That's crazy. <laughs> loud noises <laughs> and falling. <laughs> Out of everything. <laughs> and yet most people don't even 
fear those things really. <laughs> yeah, like you just, just like jump out of like gunfire or something. You're you're gonna yeah. automatically just respond because that's one of the fears. Or falling, people will freak out as well. And even then, those fears can be reduced. The symptoms of those fears and be controlled as well. Look at uh, military, right? They focus on training these types of things, staying mm. calm, staying focused in those. So really, guys, above all realize that this fear can be controlled you can get a grip on this it's very easy not easy to do it's very possible to do um with some of these strategies and one of those is numbing yourself to that rejection number two go ahead joseph cut you off oh yeah exactly exactly yeah so that's basically number two. Oh, another thing is guys if you guys know what sensory adaption is that's essentially what you're doing here with numbing or becoming numb to rejection so you know like when you smell food or something um or really bad stench, like, um, but eventually over time, like a couple minutes passes, 10 minutes passes, you don't smell it anymore, right? That's because you're continually exposed to the same environment or the same thing until you don't notice it anymore. So just like that, right, like that smell or whatever that is, that sensation, you can become numb to rejection the same way that you can become numb to a specific scent. Yeah. It's just through repetition. It's just through continually um, being exposed to it. That's why when you stop doing uh, income producing or prospecting activities, right? Like knocking doors, getting started is when you feel mm. that just pit in the stomach, right? Anxiety and fear of doing it. And after you get going after 34, 40 minutes or you're following up, it's not that bad. It's the exact same thing here. Oh yeah. Always harder to get started than to continue what you've already done. Yeah. Last part on this guys is create a habit out of it. And the science of habits are pretty simple. One, you're going to start with a cue. So the thing that your body recognizes and your mind recognizes when that habit starts. So the cue for you could be, all right, I'm going to knock doors at noon every day. Terrible time to knock doors, but let's say it's knocking yeah. doors at noon when nobody's home, right? That's the cue. So that clock hits 12 o'clock, automatically your body's saying, all right, what's next, right? What's the routine I'm going to go through? The routine could be you knock doors for two hours, okay? And then the last part of the habit is the reward. Your body's going to seek a reward. It's trying to seek a feeling at the end of doing and following through on this action. So why do I say this? What you can do is actually craft your own habit now that you know the science of what makes up a habit, right? So you choose the cue, What's going to happen before you do the thing? What is the thing, right? Make it specific. Let's say it's prospecting for two hours a day, right? Sending people messages or it's knocking doors or it's working on Facebook ads for two hours a day and optimizing those, right? Whatever that is, find out whatever the habit is. And then what's the reward? What are you going to do at the end when you're done? So this could be anything from, you know, grabbing a coffee, right? Uh, browsing the internet, watching a stupid video on YouTube for 20 minutes. This could be <clears throat> anything, excuse me, it could be anything small or big um, compared to the habit. If it's a small habit, choose a small reward. Big habit, big reward, right? Make sure it is a reward that you're actually excited to do, that you want to follow through and get. And what you're going to notice is after 
I can't remember the exact time. I just did this in a module recording too. It's uh, 27 or 32 days, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Past 21 days, I know that yeah, for sure. something around there. This becomes a habit, and automatically you are going to just follow through. You're not going to have this fear of rejection because your body and your mind are working together as one to achieve that reward, and they know to get the reward, they've got to go through and do the habit. And as soon as that cue happens, boom, it's all autopilot. It's all systemed. And the cool part about this is by the time you're age 35, you are automatically following 90% of your day, 90% of what you do in the entire day is habits. That could be good or bad. <laughs> that could be good or bad habits. Think about the things you do, right? When you get in the shower, where do you put the soap? How do you put on your deodorant, right? How do you dry yourself? Those are all habits. How do you eat? How do you prepare this? It's all habits. All of these things, most of our life is habits. The person who can control their habits are going to have the edge over the competition because where willpower fails, habits succeed. Mm, so gold. Yeah, like for habits, we're all slaves to our habits, whether we like it or not. But most people don't realize that they can choose their habits. And by default, if you don't choose your habits, it's going to be chosen for you. and Pretty much it's not going to be in the right direction that you want it to be in. And so it's just so important to craft your habits. And like, I when before I learned how to craft a habit, I used to just think like, oh, I just got to do this one action for 27 days in a row, right? Like just meditate. And so I just try to sit there and meditate. And then after like two or three days, I'd fail, right? And then I just wouldn't. There's no reward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I never knew that I had to have a reward. I was like, oh, I'm not a puss. I don't need a reward. But like your body is conditioned to have a reward at the end. Otherwise, you're not going to do the action. Like Your body won't do something just for doing it. Like It has to have a reason for doing it and something to look forward to, like some, to receive something at the end of what you're doing. Like That's our entire lives. That's how we're biologically wired, so you have to have that reward. And it could be as simple as like just taking a, like a nice warm shower, whatever it is, right? Like Or like a granola bar, whatever, like drinking water even, you know? And so it could be as simple as that or as grand as like buying yourself something. Like whatever it is, like you have to have a reward though. Otherwise, you're not going to stick with that habit for long enough because you're just not going to do something just to do it. And so that's where I failed previously. And it wasn't until that I um, injected or created rewards for myself that I stuck with it. So basically like what we're trying to do is like we're trying to Pavlov ourselves, right? Like ultimately we're just animals. So in the same way that um, – Pavlov trained his dogs to salivate at the ring of a bell, right? You can connect these two things. So what cue, what random cue are you going to have and what reward are you going to have and what action are you going to do in order to get that reward? So literally you're, you're conditioning yourself just like that Pavlov's dog in order to, when you see or hear whatever this specific cue is, you do this action, this habit, and then you get a reward for it. And every time that cue goes off, you're going to do that habit. And every time it, like, just on autopilot every single time and it just takes 20 21 to 27 days to cement that as long as you have the cue the action and the reward at the end you can pavlov yourself essentially and just make it a habit this is why motivation is garbage guys this oh it's so it's so bad no hyped up gary v motivated <laughs> we know Jeff that Jabbit, consistency gary. in sales is the name of the game the person who could 
get new leads, follow up with current leads, and close deals every single day without fail and precision is going to win. If you think you're going to be motivated every day, you are delusional. Okay? It's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> you can't be motivated every day. One of the things that makes you feel that uh, feeling, the overwhelming feeling of motivation, is novelty new things. I did some study on motivation, the science of motivation and the emotional side of that, right? You feel motivation when something is new, a new concept. Maybe you learned a new thing in this podcast and all of a sudden, boom, you feel motivated, right? You feel motivated to apply what we're talking about. But when it becomes boring, repetitious, and your brain has went over those wires and those circuits over and over again, that's where motivation is not going to serve you. It's going to be gone and habits are going to take over and override the entire system. Exactly. It's pure discipline at that point. It's, it's not whoever, like since when in any sport, you know, like did the most motivated person win? It was the most disciplined person Every time. that wins. You think Michael Jordan was motivated to go practice basketball three in the morning? Or Kobe Bryant? No. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no one's motivated to do those things, to put your body through unimaginable pain, right? It's literally the discipline that's going to carry you through that and bring you to the top. Like, motivation is not going to, when you hit rock bottom, right, motivation is not going to carry you up. It's the disciplines that will get you through those things. Like, to do the things that no one else wants to do, that's pure discipline. That's not motivation, ever. If it was for motivation, everyone would have success. Everyone always, quote-unquote, feels motivated at some point, but not everyone has discipline, January right? January 1st, baby. Everyone <laughs> has motivation. <laughs> exactly. And then how many people follow through? And then how many people have discipline? And that's exactly why most of those uh, New Year's resolutions fail. But you guys are different, right? You guys are entrepreneurs. You guys are committed, right? You guys know the secrets to success now, right? It's not this motivation, like, rah stuff. It's the discipline. It's what you're going to do day in, day out. No matter how you feel, no matter if you're sick, no matter if you're well, no matter how you feel, right, no matter what's going on with your life, it's the things that you stick to every single day is what is going to um, be directly correlated to the amount of success that you achieve within your life. So, guys, it's pure, pure discipline. Mm, so well put, yeah. We went over visualizations a little bit, but I had a couple of thoughts on this as well. So... The last part of this, right? If you haven't found enough value here in overcoming these things, then we're missing <laughs> something because this is all the stuff that we know. Like this is this is some deep, deep, deep stuff that's going to help you overcome all of these things that are really the the handcuffs that are keeping you from growing at this point. Maybe you know the strategies and you know you should be doing something. These are the handcuffs that are binding you. So. Another tool I like is the visualization of what the outcome on a positive note would be. So we talked about the negative side, visualizing what's the worst that could happen, right? And coming up with a logical solution for that and thinking of an example of somebody who flipped that into a positive. The inverse is also true. You can also visualize and wire your mind with the positive outcome. So instead of viewing what's the worst that can happen at the door, I think of the best. And the easiest way to do this is very simple. Think of a scenario that is similar if it's new, right? Let's say that you've never knocked doors and you're scared to knock on your first door. Think of a scenario to where you did something. You asked somebody for something and they said yes and you didn't think they would say yes. 
Think about that situation, right? Or if you have knocked doors, think about when you knocked on a door and somebody invited you in and you ended up closing the deal the same day or something like that. How did that feel? And then feel that feeling in your body. What is it like, right? How does it feel, that feeling of confidence and surety, feeling great, those that endorphin rushes that's coming in, right? After you make a big sale, anything like that, visualize what that feeling is like. And then you correlate it with the new position, the new thought. So let's say I want to rewire my fear of rejection at the doors. I think about knocking that door before I go there. And then instead of feeling the pit in my stomach, I feel and force that feeling of certainty, confidence, that endorphin rush. And I actually feel what is that like instead? What you're going to notice is your body can actually feel that feeling as if you just completed the activity and it just achieved that reward, that chemical rush, right? By doing this and consistently repeating these thoughts before you go do the activity, you're going to find that maybe it's not gone all the way, but the level of that fear of rejection is down significantly because your body's now replaced the different feeling there. Some very crazy psychological stuff going on here, but it comes down to repetition. There's been a couple of studies on this. I can't remember who did. I think it was Cambridge, actually. Cambridge did a study on this where they took uh, two students, right? And they basically took two subjects and they hooked them up to all their brain machines and scanners and whatnot and monitored all the waves and the things going on there. And what they did is student one, they told them to practice the piano for two hours a day. And they oh, yeah, this is the good. same book. Yeah, Joseph's read this uh, same study as well. So practice this uh, this piano piece, right? These exercises for two hours a day, and we're going to measure your brain, all the circuits and the neurons and the neural networks that are getting wired in and what's happening as you're doing so. And then subject number two, they had them practice the same material, the same time, the same inputs for two hours a day. The only difference is they had them sit at the piano bench and not, play the keys, not play the piano and actually play them in their mind. So they visualized actually playing those keys. What happened? It wasn't an exact replica, but within a 10% difference, the person who played the piano and the person who visualized playing the piano almost had the exact same circuits wired in their brain, the same neuron networks. And the brain literally couldn't tell the difference between the two. I know it sounds crazy if you guys haven't heard this, but I'm actually a personal example of this. I used to play trumpet all the time when I was in high school. I did all these competitions and whatnot, and I would consistently practice trumpet in my mind during school classes, actually, um, like during math tests and whatnot, and I would actually visualize playing it, and I was able to really practice and improve at my craft this way, and the same thing, guys, can be applied to you with sales. Visualize that perfect door approach what it feels like and repeat it in your mind and practice it. And when you go to it, it's now going to be repetition. You're just going to be following through with the motions because you know what's going to happen. You know what it feels like. Combine that with the income producing habits, the numbness to rejection, the lowered ego. Holy crap. Like all-star solar professional oh, at this point. Solar sales machine, dude, at just that point. Freaking insane. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, another thing about the the visualization, right? Have you guys ever, like, worried yourself sick or, like, have heard of someone else who's stressed so much 
and just like thought their way of like the worst case scenarios and then became sick because of that. Like in that same way, how you can induce sickness by thinking about the negative, you can flip it from the other side. If you think so much about the positive and focus all on about the outcome, about what positive experience you will have by taking this certain or this certain action, you can create the good feelings from that and promote your health, promote your uh, mental, like, or you can enhance your mental ability, right? And just wire your brain in a certain way that wouldn't be wired there before. So it's like one of the secrets to this visualization and why it works is because most people visualize the worst case scenario. It's natural to do that. It's human to do that. But what will separate you from everyone else, right, and help you become that top producer is by visualizing what success looks like. And most people don't do that because they're like, oh, like, it's not going to happen or like it's so far away. But like literally, guys, if you start imagining what success looks like or like what that perfect door knocking pitch would feel like after you complete it and get that appointment, right, like for five houses in a row, what you do is you wire your brain differently than if you thought that everyone was going to slam the door in your face. So you begin to create new neural networks that you didn't have before, and that's literally how you change your behavior. And that's how you change the outcomes of your life. Like, if you guys keep thinking about the negative, you're going to attract the negative. I'm sure, like, when you've, you've heard the saying, like, when it rains, it pours, it's because your brain automatically searches and looks for things that are similar, right? That's the law of attraction at work. I know it's like some crazy, deep psychological stuff, but, <laughs> like, literally, that's what happens. But if if that's true, right, if it rains, it pours, like, I don't know what the opposite saying would be, but literally if you start like thinking about success, you're going to attract that in your life. And it's because of that visualization, it's because you're changing the neural networks in your brain to open up new pathways, to have new behaviors, and to have different outcomes because of those behaviors. So that's why like visualization is so key um, with positive thinking. It's not just positive thinking. It's like literally um, rewiring your brain so that you can have um, that success, like just pre-wired so that you know what's going to happen already. And it's just like you've already done it before. And it's just like practice over and over and over again. And that's like the key to becoming numb to something. And that's the key to overcoming any fear. Like the only reason why you fear something is because it's unknown. It's uncertain, right? But if you knew the outcome of every single action you're going to take, why would you ever fear anything? So it's just that habit. It's that discipline to wrap it all up again. Yeah, guys, this is this is next level stuff. This is honestly the key on what I had to overcome. And I'm consistently reviewing these things, but it's taken me out of every sales slump I've ever gotten into. I've been through a lot of sales slumps in my life where I'm just killing it. Something bad happens, uh, an event happens, something happens I wasn't expecting. Boom, I go two, three months with no sales. This stuff right here, dialing in the habits and the visualizations, this is what gets you out of the gutter guys take a hard look at this episode review this episode these concepts will change your life for the better guys i guarantee it's changed my life every area of my life life just insane stuff joseph and i have been just diving in deep with this and we're passionate about sharing it with you guys and the opportunity we have to teach it to you on this podcast and through a lot of our training. And if you guys enjoy this type of stuff and you want to take your lead gen and your sales to the next level, I want you to check out and I want to invite you to go check out the Solar Spartan system. This is a project that Joseph and I have collaborated on. It's the uh, accumulation of three years of sales training in this industry with Joseph's intense study on the marketing, Facebook ads, all of the stuff for attracting clients. 
And then combining that with deep psychological concepts like this that are guaranteed to prove that you will be successful. This is the program that we've been hard at work at, and we're excited to have it launched officially here. We've had a test group in the past with very successful results. We're excited to have this full full-blown system A to Z to offer to you guys at the solar community. And I want you to go to solarspartansystem.com to check that out, get a free demo of the entire system, see what's inside. And I think you can tell from the level of this podcast, how detailed and in-depth this content will be. That's enough for the sales pitch, guys. Joseph, do you have any final thoughts here before we sign off? Final thoughts on this, guys, like one of our students that went through the Solar Spartan system, his name is Eric, right? Zero sales for the first three months in the solar industry, right? Zero. Zilch. And as soon as he joined the Solar Spartan system, this guy made nine sales, closed nine deals within the first 30 days of joining the system with no prior experience. Like, this guy is crazy. And that was... he owes it all to the system, and we worked so hard to do it, and he's one of our best students, one of our best case studies. Um, but if he can do it, you guys can definitely do it. Well, like, we've been the, working so hard on that. Like, think, it's crazy. Think about the three months, right? It's a, to go back to that, so maybe you're going through three months right now. That's a prime example of a down cycle, right? Focusing on negative. And the, more, the, the less sales you make over the more time, the more consistent it's going to be. And the more consistent, the more your brain's going to feel normal. It's going to literally say, ah, it's normal to not make sales. This is why you get guys that go forever. I went six months, and I'm sure you guys have heard that episode. I went six months without (laughs) making a freaking sale. And it's because of this. I was focused on the negative. My brain developed the habit to where I was literally self-sabotaging my ability to make sales. So what we did with Eric is we helped him figure out what those income-producing habits are, how to lower the ego, numb his rejection, right? Use visualizations and other things taught in the Spartan system to flip him out of that down cycle and boom, skyrocket his sales. It's going to be amazing to see what that guy accomplishes in the coming years as well. Okay, guys, that is it for today's episode. I know you found value in this, so I'm not even going to ask the question, but I want you to share the wealth, share it with your team, share it with anybody who needs to hear this, anybody who's having a hard time in the industry right now. We are committed to providing a world-class experience for you guys, world-class content that's going to change your life, help you create the income and impact and why you got into this industry and we need your help to do it. So go share it with other people, leave a review, tell us what you thought, what kind of content you'd like to see so we could bring it for you on a consistent basis and until next time guys, keep crushing it and we'll talk to you soon.